Ogumba Wale for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Happy Monday and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm Gabe Ibrahim, a women's basketball analyst for Her Hoop Stats. I'm alongside our resident gym rat, Amy Audibert, uh, basketball commentator galore, former University of Miami Center, and today, our SEC basketball expert, Amy has been just working real hard to bring us this SEC previews, guys. And it's gonna be it, it's gonna be a lot. So I'm just gonna tell you up front, we're gonna go long. We're gonna go long. Amy, how are you feeling today? Uh, well, now I feel pressure. Uh, thanks, yes. Dave. <laughs> just that, kidding. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think what happens, right, is we start diving into every team and every storyline. Gets really exciting. Um, I will tell you this: I'm definitely feeling anxious because November 25th is yes. creeping up rather quickly, and this virus is also continuing to creep up mm-hmm. rather quickly, and it's it's making me, like I said, anxious. And I think that's normal. I think coaches and players are feeling anxious. Um, this is not just to show up and play November 25th and everyone go home. Yeah. This is the start to a season. I don't know if you actually saw Rick Pitino made uh, a statement yeah, last that. week. He, and, I, you know, to be honest with you, I, I don't think I completely disagree with him. He talked about maybe pushing the start date back another month or so and have a May madness um, because, you know, this virus is not basketball friendly. It's not any sport friendly, but when you are playing on a court with a lot of sweat and no padding and no protection, uh, I, I'm nervous. I mean, we see what's it's starting to happen in college football a little bit more, right? And Mm-hmm. And so right now I just, I feel like I'm, I'm getting excited, but also in the back of my head, preparing myself a little bit that, you know, things are going to change quickly. And, 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 and you, you do this preview and you see how hard these teams and coaches and everyone's working to get it going. And, and, and there is a bit of anxiety. I don't know about you, but it's, it, I'm not going to lie and say, I'm not thinking about that too. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, obviously everything's anxious right now. I mean, cases in the United States are completely out of control. We have no national leadership to take care of the problem, and we have very, very little local or state leadership that's willing to at least attempt to do something. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, we're gonna ha- we're definitely going to have a ton of cancellations. We're definitely going to have um, a ton of players getting sick, and, you know, that's just the cost of the, the American decision-making in this process. We should, just, just for the record, we should not be playing basketball right now. We just shouldn't be. But is that decision going to be made by anybody? Absolutely not. No question. I'm going to guarantee you for, there's going to be some form of basketball going on during the season. And frankly, no one's going to really care about the kids getting sick. No one's going to care about the coach getting sick. Um, I don't think there's going to be any sort of cancellations from the top. We're going to have some sort of season because the same thing's happening in college football. And frankly, the money, the money is too much. Um, they, they don't, they're, they're prioritizing that over the health and safety of the players. And so that's where we're going. And that's our, unfortunately for us, like we love basketball and our job is to sit here and talk about basketball, but yeah, we shouldn't be doing it just flat out. Patino's right, but it's just, it's not going to happen. I mean, I will say though, like coaches and players, like from what I understand, like they do want to get back to playing. Sure. Like, because there are opportunities to opt out. I mean, I know that doesn't come easy either obviously, but, uh, you know, like you listen to coaches and they talk about how their, their players just need something to look forward to. So sure. while I get what you're saying, like, it's not like they're scared to, you know, do anything and they, they they feel like they're being forced, no, yeah. 
but uh no i hear you so anyways yeah there's just a whole lot of like feelings sure. going into this next week because really like yeah the ball is tipping off on november 25th which is crazy yeah. uh, to think about how close that is and, and it's hard to to ignore the numbers and the facts no yeah it, it just at this point it is it, it, it like you know unfortunately the national policy of the united states of america is it is what it is and that's just what it's going to be. So this season's going to happen, and it's our job to sit here and talk about it. Um, and today we're going to talk about the SEC. But, yeah, you know, it, it, it's all very scary and nerve-wracking. And, you know, um, it's, I just at some point uh, some we're going to have to really go back and try to understand why we're playing the season in the future and try to figure out how we can better resolve ourselves to situations like this. Um, but, you know, hopefully a vaccine comes or some sort of miracle occur and everything will be fine. Because again, that is literally the national policy of the United States of America in tackling this virus. So uh, let's get into basketball with all that said. Um, like we're just doing it, right? Like, please, let's just talk. Hoops. You know, like we're doing talk exactly what we said we shouldn't be doing, but we're going to do it. <laughs> well, I mean, we, I, uh, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to yeah. happen. It is, I, it is what it is. We're, we're just following uh, the national guidelines here of, you know, effort. Let's do it. Um, so let's start. Who, the, the big question in this conference is who can beat South Carolina? And the answer is probably no one, right? Like this team went 16-0 and in conference play last year. They're on a 26-game win streak. Coming into this season, they got 29 of the 30 first-place votes in the AP poll. I want to shout out that one AP voter who did not vote for South Carolina because that is going to be bulletin board material for Don Staley. So It reminded me, remember when EDD, someone left uh, Elena yes. Dunn? <laughs> it was that yes. two years ago? It's funny because I was voting and it's like I had to make like a point. Obviously, of course, it wasn't me, but it kind of right when I read that, I thought of the same thing. I was like, somebody out there, <laughs> one mm -hmm. person. <laughs> yeah, and it made her mad. She she took that with her. I can yeah. I can almost guarantee you that. Um, and I think Don Staley is going to use the same motivational tactic where her team, um, not that they need it. I mean, this team is downright incredible. Uh, so is it right to say that there's there's probably no one that's going to beat South Carolina? or come close to them in the conference? I'm not, I'm not going to say that with money on the table, because if it, you know, like this, I always say this, we sh why we show up and play basketball games, right. right? Anything can happen. And this year, right? There's just so much inconsistent. We know there's going to be inconsistencies. We don't know what they are, but this is not going to be a normal season. You know, we're, physically players might not be able to play, but then also mentally, this is going to be a tough season. Mm -hmm. um, just inconsistency, maybe not a whole lot of routine in terms of who's available. And so, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that no, no one can beat them. However, uh, it, listen, this is, think of how good South Carolina has been. This is their first time ever starting the season at number mm -hmm. one. That tells you a lot. Yeah, I was one of those people that in March, I thought Oregon was going to win it. We all paid attention to the Sabrina story. She came back for that last year because she wanted to win a national championship. They're going to get it done, right? That's, I yep. think, what a majority. Basically, everybody outside of Columbia was probably feeling that, right, down in South Carolina. But that program believed that they were going to win a national championship. Yeah. And, and when we talk about intangibles, you return – Three, I mean, yeah, they lose Ty Harris. They lose Kiki Herbert Harrington, both in the W. However, Aaliyah Boston. I know. Bria Cook. Bria Beal. I mean, they- They're sophomores, Amy. 
I know. So They're sophomores. They were ranked. They were ranked. They went into. They were going into the NCAA tournament, ranked number one in the country, and three sophomores, three freshmen last year. My gosh, they are <laughs> going. And and so that's what I'm saying. You have you had three freshmen last year who now have a year of experience, and also. I, I don't, they have a chip on their shoulder. You can't tell me they don't. I listened to an interview with Aaliyah Boston where she said, yeah, oh. we wake up every day and think about how we missed out on an opportunity to legit compete for a mm-hmm. national championship. That's there. So I'm really excited. The one thing I listened to coach Don speak and she said the one thing, and I, I definitely laughed out loud myself, but she said, we just don't have any a-holes on this team. And that's maybe the one thing, okay, when, when you're number one and you're young and number one, mm-hmm. people are coming after you. Oh, yeah. And I think there, you do have to have that grit and that nastiness inside of you, right? And so that's maybe the one thing, but I'm just trying to make things interesting here. We're, I, gra- I, yeah, yeah. we're, we're definitely grasping at straws because yeah. I mean, yeah. they have a great coach, they have three great young players, and they have motivation because i mean that whole program the whole south carolina program on the court the the in in the media on twitter they're always have a chip on their shoulder mm-hmm. um and it's very annoying for me on twitter but you know shouts to them they have that chip on their shoulder they have the greatness one team i do want to bring up as a team that can sneak a game on I don't, I don't think they can win the conference i'm just gonna, I'm gonna tell you that right now i don't think they can beat south carolina in the conference but i think arkansas can get at least a game off of South Carolina, which no one did in last year's SEC play. Mike, Mike Neighbors in his fourth year, he's had a steady rise in this program. They've gotten better. They're returning four starters, uh, including Amber Ramirez, who hit 106 threes last year, second best in the nation. They added Destiny Slocum from Oregon State, who is ranks in the 99th percentile in assist rate, 97th percentile in assist to turnover ratio, 98th percentile in assist per game. They run really fast pace, second the best pace in the SEC. I think that's how you beat South Carolina this year. Yeah, you it's just to, to you just gotta score numbers. And they again, right? They averaged eighty over eighty three points mm-hmm. last year. They were the top scoring team in the conference. And like you said, they returned a lot of those scores. I agree with you. I think it is so. I called Destiny Slocum when she was a freshman at Maryland. So she's oh, yeah. Maryland, Oregon State, and clearly a woman on a mission who yeah. wants to get something done, but you are forgetting. No, I don't think you're forgetting. You, yes. There's one name and you're already shaking. You're already nodding. You know what I'm going to say. They added Kelsey Plum on their staff, yes, which was absolutely magnificent. What, I mean, it was kind of that, you know, unfortunately it was the Achilles injury. She missed the season. She's not, you know, that's a year, a year rehab. Yeah. So yeah, she's not playing. Uh, you have the, the best score, a team that you said needs to score, could probably score to beat South Carolina if you're picking someone. already. This, and they bring in the most prolific scorer mm-hmm. in the women's college game who played for Mike Neighbors at Washington. So there's the connection if anyone didn't know. I, I, I mean, I want to go hang around the Arkansas program. Too. You know, like I, I'm, I'm really excited. And, and also don't forget Jalen Mason, right? She yeah. sat out last year with a foot injury, but she started 97 of her 98 career games in her first three years for the Razorbacks. So they're also bringing her back and putting her into the mix. Yeah, these, these are players that are vets. They have to be confident that they can score the basketball, and, and they're chasing. And I always say, like, I, you wonder, like, what's, what's the difference between being chased or chasing? You know, there's urgency in both. 
because South Carolina is being chased by everybody. Arkansas is legit chasing them. I yep. think I agree with you. I think, and yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I want, I wonder what that's going to affect the, the biggest thing with Kelsey Plum though, is I'm wondering like who is going to take the first one footed three that she's teaching these guards. Cause I'm sure she is. Like, I think it's going to be Amber Ramirez. I want to yeah. see her take a one footed three um, on the run. Like, like Kelsey Plum does. Um, all right, we're already going long on this podcast, as we told you we would. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get into uh, some of our – we're going to pick one player to watch from around the conference in our next segment, um, and we will be right back for that. The NBA draft is finally here on Wednesday night in November. Yes, it is weird, but nonetheless, the Locked On Podcast Network will have live draft coverage this year on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch at Locked On Live. It will be the only place you can find Chad Ford, the GOAT of NBA draft analysis. On the night of the draft, join Chad, Brad Roland of Locked On Hawks, and David Locke for the most in-depth coverage of the NBA draft, which also features analysis from Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated. Follow Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch to get alerts as soon as they go live on Wednesday nights. Have you ever been in line in the grocery store and you start reaching for that Snickers bar, maybe that zero bar, and then you think, man, I really want something that tastes great, but I can't have something that, that's, that is that unhealthy? Well, guess what, friends? Just look across the aisle and you can find Built Bar, and boom, there is your solution to the problem. Built Bars taste great, and they're getting even more deliciouser, as this ad read says. They have six new flavors. Uh, to go along with their original flavors, peanut butter brownie being my favorite. You can get lemon almond cheesecake, which sounds interesting and odd, and I really want to try it. Uh, cookies and cream, which is a classic flavor. I'm sure it tastes great. And cherry barcia, which I have now realized, through the help of our co-host, Eric Ayala, is actually a pun on Jerry Garcia's name. And guess what? They're also healthy. Built Bars are great for the health conscious guy or gal looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, which means they are great for a keto diet. And if you're doing a keto diet right now, good for you. So just go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. And just make sure you use that promo code LOCKEDON so that they know it came from us, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Welcome back to Locked On Women's Basketball. This is Gabe Ibrahim and Amy Audibert bringing you an SEC basketball preview. We are not the only podcast on this podcast feed. You got Erica Ayala on Tuesdays and Thursdays getting you all up to speed. She's been doing some really nice, a really cool series with Essentials for WNBA fans. So if you're a WNBA fan who's um, listening to us try to get into college basketball, there's also a lot of stuff you can read about the WNBA just around, around now. Um, which Erica will get you set for. And then you always have Howard Megdell bringing up the caboose with the Friday conversation. Um, I think last week he had on some Yukon, some Yukon flavoring with uh, talking about AZ FUD. Uh, I'm not sure what he has going on this week, but I'm sure it's going to be great. It's always great. So just make sure you like, subscribe um, on your favorite podcast app because there's a million of them. I'm sure you know what you're doing there. Let's get back to the SEC. We're going to talk about our players to watch in this conference uh, we've already talked about Leah Boston, who seems to be the favorite for SEC Player of the Year this year. Um, but I think, Amy, you you want to talk about last year's SEC Player of the Year from Kentucky. 
Yeah, Ryan Howard. Like, yeah, first let's mm-hmm. let's we are not ignoring Aaliyah Boston. No, we're not. We could do we a just, whole hmm. podcast on Aaliyah Boston and and go very long as well. We probably will at some point. <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, when we're looking at maybe some other players, Ryan Howard, I mean, she jumps out to me, right? She was a mm-hmm. sophomore last year when she was named the SEC player of the year. And so building on to her junior season, right? And she averaged over 23 points last year. She's a 6'2 guard at the guard position. And and so Kentucky's obviously had a bit of adversity in the last couple weeks. Their former head coach, Matthew Mitchell, had to step aside with some health issues. So we want to send him all the best healing vibes possible. But so that means Kyra Elsie has taken over She's not brand new. She's been on staff there for nine years. She played at Tennessee. <laughs> Coach knows yeah. what she's doing. And so I don't anticipate a whole lot of changes happening. Uh, but I think that Ryan probably feels a bit more um, just to, to kind of set the tone for this program uh, yeah. coming into this year. And so this is another team where I don't, I don't you know, we keep saying I don't think anyone's actually going to beat South Carolina. I, I think Kentucky can challenge them. Um, she has to have a fantastic showing. But, you know, right before he retired, Matthew Mitchell talked about how excited he was about their aggressive half-court zone defense, which you don't hear a lot anymore. But when you have 6'2 guards that are very aggressive and know how to play, uh, that definitely intrigues me, right? I don't want to see the Mm -hmm. same old thing all the time. Uh, They've also added a Pac-12 freshman of the year, the former freshman of the year from Utah, and Dreana Edwards, who is a big physical post, a lot of length, but... Coach Kyra said the magic words that make me so excited a couple of weeks ago on in the interview. She said, Edwards can get the ball off the glass and bust out. I love when bigs can handle the mm-hmm. ball. When you want to talk about fast break and paying, playing with tempo. There's no more wait for the guard to come get it. Go, go, go. Golden State. Hello. And so why I'm saying all this is that that type of stuff complements a player like Howard who can also just get out and run. So, so that's yeah. who I'm watching. Long story short, that's who I'm watching. Well, among the many players in this conference, because this is, I mean, this is probably the best conference, and we, we didn't talk about this, but like, this is probably the best conference in, college, in women's college basketball. Uh, there's five teams in the top 25, in the preseason top 25. They have the best team in the nation, most likely, so we're probably talking about the best conference in the nation, so there's a ton of players you could talk about. With Ryan, How- with Ryan Howard, one of the things I want to watch, though, is her usage last year was out of this world. 35.9%. That's sixth in the nation, according to her hoop sets. Um, I want to see if that goes down a little bit because I think that may, I think her efficiency could go up um, because that's not necessarily where you want to be as a program, as a team. If you want to compete, you, you like having one player who does so much just kind of, you know, it, it makes you less efficient. So I'm, I'm ho- hoping she can get a little bit more help and with the better system around her. But, you know, if she's going to score, if she's going to score 23.4 points per game, then yeah, give, give her the ball 30, like 36% of the time. That's great. But just want to see if they can make her a little bit more efficient um, with a little bit less usage. My player that I'm watching um, is Renaya Davis from Tennessee. She's a 6'2 senior. She plays, she's listed as a small forward, but she kind of drifts between the two and the three. One of the things I really like about this conference is there is a lot of big guards Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, I, I think we're big guard people, you know, th- she can get, um, she can get some nice blocks on the defensive end, but really what she brings is a, a very varied offense. I really like, 
um, how she has her little step backs. She has the length and strength to score and, and over anyone. Um, she was all SEC first team last year, all American honorable mention last year. And if she comes out this year, because remember, everyone has an extra year of eligibility, so she could go back even though she's a senior. She's going to be a high WNBA draft pick, which is why I'm watching her. Because, you know, she put up 18 points, 8 rebounds, 2.5 assists last season, 50.7 effective field goal rate that's in the 86th percentile uh, last season. And really, though, what I saw on tape was she's a tough shot maker. And what I want to see is her become – an easy shot maker, getting to those easy shots. I think she needs to come a little bit quicker and just get to the rim a little bit more. Um, and we'll see what happens with Tennessee's system because they're saying they want to play from the low block a little bit more, which may mean you know her continuing to make tough shots. That's one thing I want to see her improve before she gets to the next level. I also want to see her shoot better from three because she was at 29.6% from three last year. Um, but with Renaya, I think – she has going to play a big role in Tennessee taking the next step. They had their best season since 2014 um, last season. And I think, you know, they could improve and kind of surprise some people. Um, they finished they finish in the SEC 10 and 6. They may, be, they may be heading towards getting into that, you know, 2-3 a seed in the SEC tournament. And if, if that happens, it'll probably be because of Renai Davis taking that next step. Yeah, and I mean, like, they returned five of their top six scores. Exactly. So, like, a lot of familiarity. Yeah, they were knocking on the door last year, and like you said, they definitely have – I heard that too. They want to be more consistent in the paint, score in the paint more, but that, that doesn't necessarily – even yellow block back to basket, but also just getting to the paint, right? Driving, attacking, penetrating pitch. And so I'm excited to see what Kelly Harper kind of drafts up. And, and mm-hmm. I also – I read – I think Dorothy Gentry wrote a fantastic. Oh article. yeah. We should mention that. Yeah. She wrote a great preview and um, just talked about how they were really focused on offense because um, that it takes more teaching maybe than, than some defense. And because of this is a staff that is thinking ahead, we might get shut down for a week. We might, you know, like you just mm-hmm. don't know. So what we can do is get through our, our offensive looks um, and make sure that those are really there's they are the foundational pieces to our season and uh that was awesome that was pretty cool to read um that that's how coaches are thinking right now uh what can we pick up on the fly better and what do we need to spend more time teaching now so i'm excited to see the offensive look from kelly harper's lady balls yeah it'll be it'll be um it'll be interesting i mean they were they were pretty good on offense 101.8 offensive rating uh but their defense is where they build their identity so i'm i'm interested in see how davis's game gets better if her game takes another step. I think that means Hesse is taking that next step. Okay, so we've talked about uh, South Carolina, Arkansas, Tennessee. Uh, We've talked about Kentucky, which means we have a ton of teams to bring up in the lightning round. Yeah, there's one more, though, I'm going to sneak in. We've got to put a little bit more than lightning, and that's Georgia. Uh, They are so intriguing to me. Jody Taylor in her sixth year, I, I absolutely love listening to her. I love watching her teams play. This is a team that she, they've returned four starters, and this is what's incredible. They've all graduated already. I don't sure. think there's any compliment bigger to a head coach than I'm coming back to play because we love to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So they return four starters that have graduated, uh, and they also have now available to play Michaela Coombs uh, from mm-hmm. UConn. She's transferring back home. She's a Georgia Georgia young lady. So uh, 
when they, when this core four years ago were freshmen, you know, like they've built and built and built. They weren't terrible last year. They finished seven and nine. They certainly have higher expectations this year. And, and so they won five of their last seven last year. So they were really starting to find their momentum. Um, I, so without being in a lightning round, I just, I definitely have some eyes on Georgia going into this season. Is that one of the teams you think is, uh, is going to move up? mover and shaker in this uh in this conference they were seven and nine last year yeah they were definitely a team that i feel is trending up and and, you know they and one of their players they were to return q morrison all defensive team and so i'm really again excited to see the 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 continue the gradual climb up for the bulldogs yeah and they they'll, they'll need to get better offensively i think that's where we're looking for improvement but certainly can happen i mean if this this year again if you've been watching college football you know the NCAA basketball season is going to be wide open. We can believe in South Carolina all we want, but it's going to be crazy. Speaking of crazy, uh, we're going to take you on a tour of the other, what, how many teams we talked about? Five. We have like nine teams to talk about in about nine minutes coming up in the lightning round. We'll see you there. Welcome back here on Locked On Women's Basketball. You can follow this show at Locked On WBB on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. You can follow Amy on Twitter at Amy Otta Burke. Uh, I'm going to be yelling about basketball season as soon as it starts. I'm already doing it to a certain extent. And I'll be continuing to yell about the WNBA. And I'll be yelling about the NBA. It, it's a lot of yelling on my Twitter feed. It's fun, though. I promise you. Um, but right now, we're going to get into something a little bit more hectic for Amy's side of things because I have tasked her with what I'm calling the lightning round where Amy's going to give us a nugget on each team that we have not talked about yet on this podcast and the SEC. Unfortunately for Amy, we've left nine teams on the table. So we have to talk about Mississippi State, Texas A&M, LSU, Alabama, Florida, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Auburn, and Ole Miss. So, Amy, let's do it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some music under here in post. That's gonna make it feel fast. You got like, ah, uh, we'll say like ten minutes, nine nine ten minutes here. Uh, so oh. give us give us a little nugget on each team, and I'll let you choose. So you you can uh, you can choose the the order of the teams here. So where are we going first? All right. Well, let's start let's start at the top. A. Uh, we'll go to Alabama. All right. Fury in her eighth season. As the bench boss, they return four of five starters. What's intriguing about the Roll Tide is uh, last year they beat top 15 teams back-to-back. They beat number nine, Mississippi mm-hmm. State, and then they beat number 12, Texas A&M. That it was a huge moment for this program. So when you return four of those five women, they have the most deadliest thing you can in this game, which is confidence or belief that you can compete at the top. They've had a whole offseason with that in their minds, I believe, right? It's one thing if you, you, you have a fluke, you beat one team, but you beat them both, and basically in the same week, uh, you know that you got something special. So returning that cord led by senior forward Jasmine Walker, and of course they return their, return their point guard in Jordan Lewis. That's exciting. Uh, let's go to right. Auburn. Okay, Auburn's oh. interesting because they had four players enter – the transfer portal in the off season. So that's definitely means they've got 10 new faces right now. Uh, what can we say? Terry Williams flow coach flow. Uh, she has to put a lot on her six, three senior unique Thompson. She averaged 16 and 11 last year. So she's certainly a productive player for the second straight season. She's been 
named to the Katrina McLean Award watch list, uh, the best power force, my favorite award. I love power forwards. So excited for her. And, you know, also they have a Baylor transfer and honesty, Scott Grayson available, West Virginia transfer, Jayla Jordan. And the one, the transfer I'm excited about, the MEAC rookie of the year from Florida A&M, Elena Rice has to sit out this year, but she'll be eligible next year. And Gabe, this is exactly what we were talking about a couple weeks ago about those players who dominate the low majors. Mm. And so they get that opportunity. This is a player that you would not like to see sit out this year. I agree with you here. So, uh, so they are on it. So Auburn is honestly unique. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. I just wanted to get that in there. All right. So we've got, we've done, um, the, uh, the iron ball rivalry. So let's get, let's get moving. Where else are we going? Go ahead. Pick one. Uh, You want me to pick one? Yeah. Talk to me about Mississippi state. Number Ooh. six team in the country. Okay, I'm excited about Mississippi State. First year head coach Nikki McCray Penson. This is a team that obviously can get up and down and score. They finished first in the conference last year in field goal percentage, shot just over 47%. But guess what? Coach is a defensive minded coach. And so, how does this team adjust to that? They returned Jessica Start. Jessica Carter had 11 double doubles, shot just under 60% from the field, and sophomore Ricky Jackson. So, sorry. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, I think that this is a this is a core that that you know they got to feel confident they're ranked, but coach brings in a defensive mentality. Yeah, Mississippi State fans already tuned out because we didn't mention them as a team that could yeah. beat South Carolina, though, so it's fine. All right, um, let's move on to the, talk about Texas A and M first year after Kennedy Carter. Yeah, you know this was interesting. Uh, Gary Blair is a legend, by the way, going into his 18th season. 405 to 167. That's his record. So the guy knows how to, the man, the legend knows how to win some basketball games. But what I thought was really interesting, senior guard Kayla Wells did an interview recently where she said, we're not a one man show this year. And so the mentality of this team was Kennedy Carter, one of the most electrifying players, I believe in a couple of years in the W we're going to be going crazy, right? Hollywood for a reason, Mm -hmm. but So they return senior guard Kayla Wells. This team is stacked in the backcourt. This is my issue with the transfers. So now we have players from Notre Dame, Tennessee, Minnesota, and Rutgers all transferring into the program. So they have definitely inserted a whole lot of uh, experience and potential. So now it becomes a matter of if everything can kind of get together, get on the same page, and get out there and compete. I think it can, but uh, we'll see. A lot of new faces, not a one-man show. Maybe some road bumps early for – Texas A&M. Okay, let's uh, keep it moving. We'll go down to the Bayou. Tell me about the LSU Tigers. Yeah, Nikki Fargus, head coach there. Absolutely love her and what she's done. They return Kayla Pointer, Faustine Afua, and Jalen Cherry. So they return a really nice core. But what she keeps on, Coach Fargus keeps on, was they believe that they can get to 10 deep. And if they can get to 10 deep, that means they can play incredibly fast and aggressive up and down. So I think they do believe they have a lot of players that can get in and out. And that's my favorite type of basketball to watch. I'm loving this, Amy. You're, you are going so fast and hitting all of the points we need. Okay, let's move down to our least favorite team in the SEC, the Florida Gators. <laughs> oh man you said it not not me. because of anyone who plays on the team i just don't like the university of florida we're that's miami fair. people that's fair uh but we had to talk about florida state last week in acc we did so we did cool. you know uh cam newbauer head coach there you know he did some pretty fantastic things at belmont right had him competing high level mm-hmm. in the ovc i think this is a team that will continue to build uh they had they returned four of their starters led by Kiara Smith, she's her senior guard. They do have two transfers that are eligible right away in Sydney Kinsglow from Long Beach State University. She's a grad transfer, 6'2 forward. They also 
from UNC have Emily Sullivan, who will be eligible another forward to play right away. So they insert some, some high-level experience. They also do have another transfer from Miami, Yasmin mm -hmm. Chang, but she's not playing this year, unfortunately. And that won't, that won't be a problem. But next, next time we talk about transfers, it's just going to be, they're all playing. Okay, moving on from the Florida Gators. Uh, let, let's talk about Ole Miss. 0-16 in the conference last year. Are they going to be any better? This is one of my more intriguing teams. Oh, okay. And it becomes in her third year, Coach Yo is doing exactly what she was hired to do. It all starts with recruiting. They have the number one SEC signing class led by four freshmen. They also have Shakira Austin, a junior transfer from Maryland. So when you are brought into a program um, that is really struggling, you have a couple, two, three-year window to get players. That's your recruiting thing. Buy in. Mm -hmm. Let's build something special. This is going to be the year where they have to start winning ball games to continue that narrative, but they certainly have some big time players mention the transfer. They only have one senior on the team in Valerie Nesbitt. She's a Juco transfer. She hasn't been there four years. So they have a whole lot of faces. They're continuing to grow over the last three seasons. They've signed five ESPNW top 100 recruits. She is doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing. She's not shying away from the fact that they're very, very young. And, and that means a lot of players don't know what SEC basketball is all about, right? That's exactly what Coach yeah. Yo said. So they're going to throw in players to compete. Um, but that freshman class, man, I mean, they're, they're Madison Scout and Jacoria Bracey are, are probably the highlights. But uh, we'll see. I, I'm, hey, listen, when you have a, a bunch of young players that are ready to compete, they might get their butts kicked, but then they might not, right? And, and you yeah. got to go in there with that, that chip on your shoulder. We're young, but we're here to make some noise. So I'm really excited about Ole Miss and, and what's going to happen in Oxford. Yeah, Shakira Austin, if you're a WNBA fan, that's the name to watch. She uh, She's projected to be a WNBA draft pick. We'll see how it ends up for her and Ole Miss. Okay, we're, we're actually kind of on time here. Let's get down to our last two teams. Uh, let's talk about Missouri. All right. Uh, Missouri's kind of interesting because they return. Now they are sophomore guards, and Asia Blackwell averaged 15 points per game last year in Haley Frank. So they, they, that's kind of their backcourt led by those two. They do have some transfers. Uh, they've got transfers from Utah State, South Carolina, so the inner the mm -hmm. inner conference transfer and a Utah State. So again, when your team that's been struggling a little bit, I think it always helps to, to insert some experience right away. And that's Robin Pinchton, the head the head coach there. So uh, yeah, I mean they've got some they're returning some familiar faces, but also some new insurgents. So it's kind of that perfect storm, I think. All right, last team, the Vanderbilt Commodores. What is, what is going on with them? Yeah, led by Stephanie White two seasons ago. This is a team that only won seven games last season. They finished at 14 and 16. So that's a huge, huge jump. And they return nine players. So when we look at that, you know, that kind of that path to success, that trend upwards, this is a team that is doing just that. So of those nine returning, led by their senior guard, Chelsea Hall, she led the team in assists last season, just under four a game. And Koi Love, you have to love a player whose name is Koi Love. Uh, it's, yes, uh, it's my favorite player, maybe in college basketball, sophomore forward. Uh, they bring in some, some steady, some nice recruits, uh, point guard Bella Chance, who Coach Fields can play some solid minutes for them up top, and a six-foot-six center, Emily Bowman. So uh, some versatility in what they are going to be able to do. Awesome. Amy, amazing stuff from, <laughs> from my All-American center. My, my, my All-American right here, Amy Otterberg, bringing you all the information on every single team in the SEC. Uh, we hope 
you guys learned something today about SEC basketball. We hope that you guys are excited for SEC basketball. We're hope you're excited about every conference in the nation. Um, we're going to have to figure out some, some maneuvering here because the season starts in like two weeks and we have like eight or nine conferences left. Um, so we're going to have to package these up in a little bit different way. Uh, we're probably going to be doing preseason previews into like January. So just don't <laughs> even worry about it. Just keep it locked right here on the locked on women's basketball. We will be back next week. Make sure you keep it locked for Eric Ayala coming up tomorrow and Thursday and Howard Magdell bringing up the caboose on Friday. Thank you for listening and we will talk to you soon.